Hello. Welcome to True Hoop with me, Gerard Hector, and Coach David Thorpe. How are you, sir? It's Thanksgiving week, my man. This is uh, <laughs> this is a very special time for basketball coaches. As a high school player, November is when you started playing your games. Uh, as a high school coach, you, you finally could see your team on the court against you know bad guys instead of it's your own team. Mm-hmm. And the business we're in, obviously, we're doing this for a while, but uh, college basketball, I'll be, I'll be watching games from 1.30 on today, college and then NBA. Uh, I don't think I'm watching G League tonight. And um, I heard Neil deGrasse Tyson talk once about, without getting too biological, think of all the babies that have never even been born. Mm-hmm. You, you think about it, historically speaking. And so we, mm-hmm. we, get to, we get to cover the game that we love and hopefully see family and friends this week. It's, yeah, it's a good week. It, it is a very good week for colleges. Remember, um, it's feast week often, right? And so you'll have like a lot of these uh, early season tournaments. Yeah, and Maui, things, Maui right? starts today. Maui. There's a lot of tournaments, mm-hmm. but Maui starts today. I'll be watching Gonzaga yeah. Purdue at five. Um, the Great Alaska Shootout was one. I don't know if they still do that one anymore, but that so. was one they used to yeah. do. Like it's just, yeah, it's it's a if you're a basketball fan, it's a fun time. As David also mentioned, uh, hopefully uh, for those of you that can and are able to, uh, we hope that you get to spend time with uh, family, friends, loved ones, uh, and then people that you that you would like to. Um, thanks again to our listeners for participating in Ask Coach Thorpe. Um, we will be back with Ask Coach Thorpe again uh, this week. We'll do a special episode right before the holiday. We'll do some uh, Ask Coach Thorpe questions and uh, some fun things that uh, Henry, David, and I are going to do. Uh, again, if you want to send a question in, you send it into TrueHoop at TrueHoop.com. That is T-R-U-E-H-O-O-P at TrueHoop.com. And don't ask me questions. Well, you can ask me questions about, about uh, meal prep and recipes <laughs> for Thanksgiving. Just don't expect any decent answer. It's not, <laughs> you can ask me any booze. Ask me you want. Don't ask me any football. There's no TV allowed in my house on Thanksgiving Day. There's no football at all or anything else for that matter. But if you you welcome to ask me any basketball question you want, that's for sure. <laughs> that's good stuff there, people. All right, David. Um, a team that is, you know, gotten my attention, a lot of people's attention. When we've talked about them a fair amount, um, just by nature of what they've done over the past few seasons as it relates to accumulating draft capital. But we are starting to see on the court uh, a team that is playing very good basketball. They had the, they were in the playing tournament last year, uh, played well. And, of course, I'm talking about the Oklahoma City Thunder. Um, they're a phenomenal team right now. They are 9-4. and four. Um, They're at the top uh, or, you know, the top four in the West. Um, I think they can be a top six team and for sure be a playoff team this year. We know Shea Gilders-Alexander is outstanding. I mean, he was top five in MVP last year. He was an NBA, all-NBA first-teamer. And rookie Chet Holmgren is number one of, uh, among all rookies in estimated plus minus. Uh, he is playing fantastic. We talked about both Jalen Williams that we like, Casey uh, Wallace, Chet, um, Josh Giddy. I mean, Isaiah Joe. There's so many awesome players on this team. And so my question, David, is how good can this team be? And I'm at the playoffs, but throughout an 82-game regular season, we're early their top four right now. How good can this team, as it's currently constructed, be in the regular season. I don't love when I'm the Larry David to the group. <laughs> but it's time to curb I, your enthusiasm. I would suggest a little curbing of the enthusiasm. Yeah. Um not with Shay. Uh he's just spectacular, isn't he? What a you know, there's <laughs> he's so when um when I first started doing this, uh Carlos Boozer, I, I used to call it the Boozer bump where he'd be behind you under the rim 
And just as the ball was coming off the rim, he'd give you a bump forward. Not, not enough where you'd fall into the bleachers and, you know, get a foul called on him. But you can't jump when you're falling forward. It's pretty hard to do. Mm-hmm. And then he would get the rebound, whatever. Shea's got the Shea bump. Everyone tries to get the Shea bump. The drive, make contact, shoot the jumper. Um, he's extraordinary. Uh, I am not trying to curb your enthusiasm about him. <laughs> um, the rest of the team, I, I have, yeah, they're, they're, they're young. Um, I think the way you framed it is great. As a regular season team, I think they'll have more success, like maybe this year's Sacramento Kings, mm-hmm. as opposed to the postseason. Uh, they have a lot of growth that they need to still go through. Chess shooting 46% from three. I don't I think, think so. that will last. It's possible. Like every, with, that, with a player that special, anything's possible. I just don't think it's likely. Uh, Josh Giddy has been a big disappointment, actually. Not good. No. Yeah. Um, his reputation is better. I remember watching him this summer at Summer League, watching as a fan. He's got the long hair. He does the Steve mm-hmm. Nash over the uh, – pr- mm-hmm. probably because of Nash over his ears. I remember watching him watch the Thunder play and thinking, young man, you've not made it yet. You only think you have. Like you've, mm-hmm. and, I'm, and I'm not suggesting he's not working his ass off. He probably is. But it's not showing up yet. He's not shooting well. He's not defending at all. Uh, Lou Dort, solid. Like he solid. could be, he could be a good player on a playoff team. Jalen Williams, pretty good. The 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 uh, our, starter starter Jalen Williams. Starter Jalen, yeah, yeah. We got to come up with a better way to discern the two. <laughs> um, the non-charge taking Jalen Williams, pretty good. Yeah, trending in the right way is the second year player. The other Jalen Williams not doing as well. Nope. So. Um, I think that it's a, it's a work in progress. I expect Chet to shoot worse. I do think Josh will come around some, but he was a bad shooter even last year. He's just not even the level of last year. And so I could see some cold streaks coming where they can't really manufacture wins. I think they're expertly coached. And um, uh, they play a, a really good style for them, the five-out drive-and-kick mm-hmm. style. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's so much space on Shea. They've also been healthy. Um, uh, so... I think I had them in the low 40s as wins. Maybe I'm off by a few. I don't know they get to 50. Um, yeah. uh, other teams got to start playing better in the bottom of the West so that, that, that you know, more teams can't just win every game they play against bad teams. Right. But um, they're a team to watch. And as you mentioned, the draft pick, this is something Henry's been talking to us about. They just have so much. I, I do think it's wise to get off on some and, and get off some of those trades, uh, some of those draft picks, and get a better, better player or two for you. Yeah, and um, I'm sure Sam Presti is considering that all the time. Oh, without without question. Um, you know, SGA and Chet, as I mentioned, um, right now through 13 games or whatever wherever they are, uh, you know, about 13. Um, very good estimated plus minus. Yeah. Uh, starter Jalen Williams, he's plus one point something, so he's very good. Lou Dort's just above net neutral, like a plus point two. So those four guys are, you know, good. Yeah, uh, Giddy is almost a minus four, yeah. right? Like he's been bad and everybody else on the roster is a minus. Um, and so, you know, again, regular season, I think they'll be fine. The question is though, David, and we've talked about this before, Shea isn't 21. Shea's 24, 25. Um, so at, he might be like, look guys, this is my second year. Going to be all NBA first team. It looks like I might even be better in MVP, especially if we're doing well. And I know it's like, you know, you don't rush, you don't, but it's also a thing, David, where there's no, there's no guarantee in this league. You can't, we don't know what's going to happen next week, let alone, oh, next year we'll be, we'll build and get this guy. You know, if they are on this track and they're still doing well by Christmas and they're still in that top four, I think it's probably Presti's best move to get another star in here to be like, no, I think we can do something now. 
Yeah, star or not, upgrade without sacrificing too much of your future. Um, again, I, I preseason suggested a, a trade with, with Chet and Giannis. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I wonder how I mean, Milwaukee fans thought I was an idiot. And they're pretty good. They're 9-4. and four. They're pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think they're going to win a championship this year. Uh, but seeing how good Chet's doing, um, that, that'd be interesting to start a franchise over with him. Not to say, so, okay, say what done, and I have no right. idea. Yeah. Would, so would you, I mean, God, Chet's playing. He looks like he could be so good. Like, But you're like, look, if you want to get someone with SGA now, Chet's your best bargaining ship is what you're saying. Your I said piece. that before the season. You know, yes. it, it, yes. it was still a risk. You didn't really know. Now, that, you know, once you start seeing some of these things play out, and I didn't think it was going to happen. I was just suggesting that something you should look into. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, we don't know yet about Chet's health. This is, just because his body's so, it's not, it's not been good in the past looking like him and having a long career. We're just getting started. We're we're not we're not a month into the season yet. Correct. Yeah, we're not a month in. So let's just let's just see how things go. But um, I don't think he'll. I mean, maybe you trade. Our, maybe you trade starter Jalen Williams. It depending on who you can get for it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Josh Giddy certainly is someone. The only thing is, you don't you hate to trade low, right? When he's not playing well. So um, yeah. nothing's going to happen before December fifteen anyway. It's a right. month exactly. month from a few days ago. So. Now, mm-hmm. because that way, everyone except for those who signed the extension late in the summer and in this early mm-hmm. season, everyone else is mm-hmm. going to be eligible to be traded. So that's why you'll see more of a flurry of activity after December 15th. Yeah, for sure. But guys, Oklahoma City, I mean, if you're not watching them on League Pass, you're missing out. This team is super exciting. That five out style they play really good. They're connected. Um, We're, they're well, well coached, mm-hmm. well run mm-hmm. franchise in every mm-hmm. respect, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, if you're an OKC fan, um, it, not for the top level talent, but it's got to remind you of the early days of KD, Russ, and Harden, right? And Ibaka and those guys right now. Remember that team, once they started going to the playoffs, it was Western Conference Finals every year, pretty much, unless one of them was hurt. So at an NBA Finals. So you're not quite there yet, but you know, it's got to give you give you some hope if you're yeah. if you're an OKC Thunder fan about what could happen in the future. Uh, a team that's tasted a lot of championship success, but is um, you know, not playing so great Golden right now. State, <laughs> yeah, that what you're talking about. Yeah, no one else has a lot of championships. <laughs> yes, <laughs> uh, they've lost six straight, and you know, it's easy to be like, look, no Draymond. Steph missed a couple games, you know, and that's why they're losing. But David, I think there's more to it than that. Um, and again, look, Steph and Draymond are great, but to be so dependent on. 35-year-old-plus guys, that doesn't bode well for the grind of the regular season. Now, if you tell me we get to the playoffs and everybody's magically healthy, sure, well, I'm ready to roll, but we got to get there first. And so I have some concerns about Golden State right now. Yeah, I hear you. Um, I just was – you when you mentioned earlier, I started looking up a little bit. Uh, they're not shooting well. And uh, Clay did this last year. And I haven't looked at what Clay's shooting this year, but it's, I don't think it's good. Yeah, not great. Yeah, he's bad. Not good. Um, Moody's playing better. Kaminga, not there yet. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, but you're three for Kaminga? Yes. Um, we've seen Scotty Barnes make a huge leap. We'll huge talk leap. about that. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, Evan Mobley, a, a big leap. Not quite the same as Scotty. Um, Jalen Suggs doing pretty well, that, that same class. Um, Kaminga still has time to develop it's early uh wiggins has kind of fallen off and he needs to he had 31 the other night but he needs to get much better i hate to 
I, I, I could not throw dirt on them. Yeah. Well, I don't you, think you, you, you'd be silly. I, I, I think that teams will shoot a little worse over the course of time. They'll shoot it better and they'll figure some stuff out. Uh, I like Chris Paul for them. Yeah. And I yeah. like Dario Saric for them, which I did going in. They're both doing well. Chris Paul, especially, but Saric is doing good. Yes. Um, I mean, with, with the Warriors, David, it's the same story as it often is. The non Stephen Curry named Warriors, which is everybody else, has not been have yeah. not been good. Yeah. Uh Taylor Snar's early EPMs come out. Chris Paul is the only other positive estimated plus minus player at 1.8, and he comes off the bench. Yeah. Right. So I mean Maybe not for long. And well, exactly. And look, yes, Clay got better, but remember, you also look at it from the standpoint of where you are slotted salary wise, right? That's a $43 million a year player. And he's not giving you $43 million a year level we knew, production we knew, wins. We wouldn't, right? And so this is this is a problem, right? And Kaminga and Moody, it's key for them, right? This is the time now when Steph is out for a little knickknack or Draymond does something stupid and gets himself tossed for five games. That's when, okay, Kaminga and Moody, it's time now for them to be like, we can do this. We're the young guns. We've been here for three years now. Right. We know the system. And it's not quite happening. Their, their minutes get yo-yoed a lot often. And you always say this, that's oxygen for these guys playing yeah. time. And when they don't have the consistency and they're worried about, I'm going to get pulled if I make a mistake, which means you're going to make a mistake because it's baked in. I'm going to read you uh, uh, stats over the course of some years. I want you to guess what player this is and what stat it is, okay? Okay. Uh, so we're going to start with toy- the 2017-18 season. And then to the last stat I give you will be from this year, okay? Okay. 40 40- 44%, 40.2%, 38.5%, 41.2%, 33%. What's that and who's that for? Three-point shooting, Clay Thompson. Correct. So the worst year he had was 38.5 two seasons ago when, when, after, come, after missing an entire season, right? Mm-hmm. So um, I just I'm – not, I'm not betting against him. Yeah. No. We, we're paying no. attention. We're paying attention because uh, Curry still has got it. He's still got it. Chris Paul still got it. Mm-hmm. So um, they need a, they, other guys need to step up. And, and they do because, again, they have to manage the 82 games, yep. right? Because if, if Clay and if all those guys got to play like 70, 80 games for you guys just to make the playoffs, that means playoffs aren't going to be good. Yeah. It's going to be worn down. You have to have those guys play at a better level. Wiggins, especially. He's remember been horrendous. Wiggins, Wiggins, horrendous. When they won the title, that was a huge part of, oh, this guy's in his 20s, super athletic. Like, but that season, David, maybe that was the outlier season, and that's not well, who he really is, is who he's always been in Minnesota. He's had a couple good seasons in a row in the 80th-plus percentile for EPM. In EPM. 38%, 39.3%, 39.6%. That's three straight years of improvement. If you go back the year before that in Minnesota, he's at 33.2, and then he got traded that year. Now he's down to 22%. He's in the first percentile, which means he's in the last percentile. Mm-hmm. Um, it, you just have to assume he didn't forget how to shoot. <laughs> yeah. You do. I, I'm not saying that that he's going to definitely get better, but he's mm-hmm. likely to get better. Likely yes. to get better, and he needs. You to. should. He needs to. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. If he's not playing at that level, this team is. Uh, you know, it's it's going to be problematic for them. Um, David, <laughs> we always talk about coaches and being prisoners of the moment. Yeah. Um, and it's hard, right? Because in the heat of battle, that's coaches aren't thinking about. Wednesday's game or next week. No, we're we're trying to win right now. And that's what their braid is. And I was thinking about that last night. I was watching the Jazz Suns double overtime game. And I'm watching that game, David, and I'm like, Frank Vogel, this is a man who is not thinking about anything but this double overtime game right now. 
And I say all that to say Durant played 46 minutes every minute of both overtimes. Booker played 40 minutes. Uh, Booker, by the way, coming off a calf injury, um, played every minute of both overtimes. Um, and the, give, give him the schedule. This was a very and, good point by you. And the, the Suns have a must-win group stage game coming up on Tuesday at home against the Portland Trailblazers, which is not on national TV, and that's important because it's the first night of a back-to-back with game two, which is on national TV against the Golden State Warriors. And we know the league has its rules about player participation, unless they're hurt, whatever, whatever. Let me ask you this question, David. If you were the head coach of the Suns and you, well, you probably wouldn't have played them both overtimes all those minutes, but let's say you did. What would you do now, given this is what your schedule is going forward? I mean, the, the answer is pretty easy. I would talk to the doctors. I'd make sure we have great doctors and physios and find out from the player and the experts, like, where are we at here? What, what, are, the, what are the increased likelihood? It, there's always injury risk. What's the increased likelihood of injury risk? Because no one game is more important than the health of those guys for the season. Correct. Yeah. And it, so it, it'll be interesting to see what Vogel does decide to do. Yeah. Because, you know, the in-season tournament matters, right? And so let's win. Because And that's the thing. They're not good enough. They could say, okay, Book and Durant can rest that game and we'll beat the Blazers. The rest of that team's not good. So there's no guarantee they'll win that. But that's a non-national TV game. Yeah. Whereas Wednesday is an ESPN game right before Thanksgiving. You know, it, it, now, look, if you ask Katie and Book, players back-to-back, sure. 70 minutes, yeah. whatever. Don't listen to them. Because, yeah. you know, they'll yeah. play till their body falls apart. I totally agree. <laughs> uh, but it'll it will be interesting to to watch what happens. Uh, by the way, David, that was <laughs> what an insane game that was last the night. The Utah game, yeah, that was like the double overtimes. The cops. I was like, Jesus. I, so this is like the third time this year where there's been a referee ruling mm-hmm. that was a rule I never heard of before. Okay, did you hear the explanation at the overtime? I, I, yes. So the, the explanation was Durant made. Contact with the ball so, so on the Lowry. First of all, describe the play real okay. fast. Okay. Yeah. So the Suns, uh, Suns are up three with nine tenths of a second left. Yeah. Um, so catch and shoot time for Jack. Catch and shoot. Exactly. They get the ball in. Lowry marking corner. They ran corner a great three. play to get mm-hmm. him open. You know, he's six nine. That helps that he can shoot over someone. Seven foot, really. Yeah, so, yeah you're right. You're right. I'm sure he's calling that. Yeah. So Durant races out to contest. And from most of the angles, it looked like a foul. So the ref, uh, the Ashley, I forget her last name. She calls the foul. Okay, we got to go to replay because anything in the last, whatever, we have to go to the monitor and watch. I saw a bunch of angles. There was definitely Durant's contest arm for sure, and the, his bottom arm also had a little bit of his hip. Now, most veterans are really sna- savvy about that. If the ref is on the baseline, they can't see your opposite arm on the other side but of the, the camera body. Did, but the camera saw it. Correct. The camera saw it, which is why you have replay. Now, when you go to replay, as you know, David, that opens up Anything that happens on that play is now fair game because we went to replay. So before you so, give the result, yeah, Durant's right arm, right hand, definitely on on Marketing's hip. Going, he's he's already kind of falling out of bounds because he was running so fast to get open to begin with to get the three off. He mm-hmm. can't just stand there expect to get open. He was running fast, right. so Durant's clearly had at least some pushing going on with his right arm. Had the left arm goes up. Mm-hmm. It does. Hit the basketball, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then it does hit his hand, arm. Mm-hmm. Go mm-hmm. ahead from there. And then, so the referee very says, clear. Yeah, very, very obvious. The referee says. So, what did you uh, think would happen in the, when they were ruling it? When I saw it, I was like, "All right, they're probably going to call a foul there and be like, you 'You're going to because shoot because of the right hand or the left hand.' No, 
because of the left hand. I think they would have been like incidental on the right. They would have let that go, even though because it's this, Kemp Durant. Is, if it was Kemp right. Durant shooting and, right. and some rookie. That's a, that's a foul on Laurie Marketing for, for sure. For sure. But, and this is your this is your issue yeah, with NBA right. officials is that if it is Joe Blow yeah. who's the fifteenth man on the match, it doesn't right. matter. J- Why does Jalen Suggs is a good player, but and he's right. a top five pick. But if he right. touches Durant on his right hip, it's a foul. foul. And maybe if he Correct. touches the marketing, but not if it's Correct. superstar, not if it's Godzilla versus Mothra. <laughs> right, Mothra's a super monster, but ain't fun Godzilla. Right. So they're like, and 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 I wonder too if they were like. Do we really want to do three overtimes right yeah. now? Like, I wonder, yeah. We got to save Durant for the National TV game. <laughs> yeah, the, Adam Silver got a Davis Jones call from the grave. <laughs> hey, hey, we got a big a National TV game coming and a play-in game. We need Durant. 46 and up. Cut it. Cut it. They called the they called Secaucus and Adam Bastion. Absolutely not. Yeah. We are not going to three yeah. over and, and tell them that that if you touch the ball first, first. you can't foul anyone. Right. That's the NFL rule for pass interference. As I, I used to be, I don't follow football anymore. It used to be if you deflected the ball to the line of scrimmage as a safety. If someone in the line of scrimmage or a linebacker deflected the ball, right. it doesn't matter how early I hit the intended receiver, right. it's fair game. Right. Correct. Okay. I guess now that's the case for basketball. As long as you block the shot first, first you can right. pummel the guy if you want to. It doesn't matter what you do. That's insane. It's insane. It's a oh man rule God. in my opinion. I want to see more follow-up on that. Of course, I, I, it's he fouled him twice, he did. and I he had did. no rooting interest in any of right. it. I don't care. Right. You just like yeah, he fouled his right hand. Can't touch a guy. Right. I tell my players right. all the time: hands off shooters. Yes, don't give them a chance foul. to call. It's a different rule for them. And then to be able to hit the ball, uh, and be, as long as you follow, then it doesn't matter. It's so weird to me. It's still affecting. I have I've made shots when I played where a guy blocked it and it still went in. I probably would have I mean, missed it otherwise. Don't don't we always say hands part of the ball? Yeah, well, I never the referees used to I mean people said that, but the referees didn't believe that. Uh, but but when you shoot the ball, the ball was still a little bit on his finger pads when his hand got hit. So yeah. that's why yeah. it was so, so that short. The shot. Yeah. 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 But yeah. if you hit the hand first, it doesn't matter. That's just new to me. Maybe it is maybe it's in the rule. Rule book. I did not know it. It was listen. It, it, Whatever the Jazz are, whatever it was a an amazing game. What a way to end it! And it's so funny because to your point, that same play, if you watch enough Durant or any elite shoot, that's a foul call they call for every oh, time. Okay. When he makes the shot, he'll try and be like he hit me. Yeah. Like yeah. he's like, why aren't you calling the foul? And so listen, it, but but let's okay, yeah, we don't, we don't want to trash refs anymore. We're already frustrated. But tell them what happened <laughs> after the game. So after the game, uh, you know, everybody does just a normal thing, shaking hands, whatever. And Durant <laughs> stands after after hugging Will Hardy, the jazz head coach, and he stares at Lori. You know you grabbed my arm before. And then oh, Lori's is that like, what he said? I didn't know what he said. <laughs> I did not hear that part. I just saw the smile on his face. <laughs> yes. And then him and Lori had a really nice embrace and, like, just chat. And there, there's I, respect. You know, I don't know what Lori scored in the game. What did he score? 38, 38, 38 yeah. and 17. There, he was a monster. There's respect. Like K, oh, KD man. respects the game. He really is a yes. great ambassador as he a basketball, basketball player. He really is. Yes. He is not aloof on the court. No. He is no. very approachable. And mm-hmm. I think he just loves hoopers. And he I think, he, I think I could, he doesn't have children. 
But if you were to have children or nephews or whatever, mm-hmm. and talking about the old days when the Lori's brought up that tall white dude, that, that boy can play. <laughs> I can just hear Katie say he can really go. He'd give you 50 in your sleep if you're not careful. Yeah. You got that right. Yeah. No, I think mean, you was... respect him a lot. No yeah. doubt. They had a lovely embrace. Yeah. And I love that. And, about and I think marketing was like, oh, he's giddy. Like, Katie loves me, you know? <laughs> Katie respects me enough to talk shit to me, whatever. He oh, me. man. It was it was a wonderful, wonderful yeah. exchange by yeah. both of them. And I just love that about it, right? Like, and to your point, you know, Durant's just a, a hooper, as the kids yeah. say, right? That's Fuck. all this dude. So he, to your point, he respects the game and he respects yeah. anybody who approaches the game in the way that he does, which is why he's like, Laurie, yeah, I, I like this, my guy. Like, yeah. that's a way to hoop. Yeah. Like, I think, I think that um, almost all of the great players I've ever been associated with at any level uh, were the same. I think it helped them become great. They just, Correct. they didn't care what your game was like and what you looked like or where you were from if it impacted right. winning because right. they get it. It's about winning. It's if it, the ones that just want to look cool and put up points. I just don't think they're winners. You can transform, you can change. It's always been my, my issue with LaMelo and, and he ain't alone, by the way, by, by <laughs> any stretch of the imagination, uh, you're allowed to grow up. And I, uh, Katie's grown up and so is Lori. And I think Katie yeah. gets it. Like this guy is fucking great. No, Lori's awesome, man. I, listen, as you know, Kevin Durant, Lori, that's my basketball yeah. love language. Tall guys who can shoot and do awesome things on the floor. Look, the Jazz are four and nine uh, after that. And there was a uh, home and home series, which, by the way, David, I love those two Me game too. series Me where too. players go. Because what you see is you see the teams actually make adjustments. Yeah. They defended very differently, the Jazz did, from game one to game two. Yeah. And it was clear. And I was like, ooh, this is nice. Yeah. Look, the Jazz have a bright future. Um, that five out style they play is fantastic i wish um, i wish the league could do way more of this by the way uh, miami miami's in chicago for game two after kind of giving up a pretty good lead and, and having a seven game win streak set maybe six or seven games um so they're playing again tonight uh, i wish we did that a lot more where it was yeah, like baseball right like baseball it's just you stay I, in the city, less travel yeah i like the second game it gives you a little bit better indicator of what, what's been like in the postseason i like mm-hmm. that a lot yeah no, it, it it was a wonderful, wonderful uh, weekend uh, of basketball. You know, thinking about the Jazz really quick, David, and we've talked about this before. God, I just feel like Lori's not going to be on their timeline when they're right, you know, because I feel like he's already kind of ready to start doing some real winning now, and the rest of the Jazz. Not but they have there. enough picks and young players who are maybe I, I don't know about young players, picks for sure, maybe young players where they can bring some help in. Uh, I'm not yeah. saying Zach Levine. I'm not saying DeMar DeRozan. Uh, right. But but uh, uh, better players what they have to go with that superstar in Lori. Yeah. No, because, I mean, Lori, look, he keeps playing like this. He's going to make an all-NBA team. I, I think I had him on one of mine last year. Like, I think I did, too. He's right I don't there. Remember, but like, I think I did. He had an excellent, excellent season. All right, guys. We'll be back after a brief commercial break. This episode of True Hoop is brought to you by BetterHelp. Hey, guys. Gerard from True Hoop here. If you had an extra hour in your day, what would you do? It's a hell of a question. Would you maybe go for a run, take a nap, read a book, or maybe show up for a friend? Now, depending on the day, any one of those would be a great idea. Most of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. But the question is, time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. Now, I've been open in the past with you guys about this. I see a personal therapist as well as a couple therapists for my partner and I. 
and both are extremely helpful in developing positive coping skills and learning how to set boundaries. Therapy empowers you to be the best version of yourself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash TrueHoop today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash TrueHoop. Okay, David, uh, Taylor Snars, uh, Dunks and Three's website, which we use a lot here at TrueHoop. Um, the net ratings have been out for the teams ever since game one, but we now have enough data called together for the early look at EPM. And it's still early, so the, early. the stats are still muddied. But looking at the top 15 in EPM, which I put in the document, what stands out to you? Uh, there's a couple obvious ones. Um, Maxi's uh, emergence mm. is you know, huge. Not surprising, but huge. Yeah. Uh, you certainly have to talk about Chad as a rookie. Big men have a bit of an advantage in this, but you can't detract. Not, not, the, the list is not just big men, although the top two are. Um, Steph Curry being where he is. I, I'll have to throw out um, two others. I, okay. I, I named Donovan Mitchell as a Dark Horse MVP candidate before the season mm-hmm. started. Yep. I'm really glad to see what he's doing. Yep. And then, uh, you know, for the for the – one person out there who thought that Scotty Barnes could be the best player in that class. Um, that was you. I, I mean, I, I had the head start of watching all of his games as a, as a, as a freshman in college, but, and I'm watching the Raptors play a good amount. Like he's really, he's kind of walking the path. Yeah. And um, so, so seeing his name there and uh, now he's shooting well, that does, I don't know if that'll last or not, but that's helping a lot. Give him some swagger too. Uh, yeah. That, that's what stood out. And I, we shouldn't not, we shouldn't ignore, that once again, Jokic and Embiid lead the world. That's not nothing. Um, oh, we'll get back to them in a minute. Yeah. Um, Scotty Barnes, 96 percentile on offense, 100th percentile on defense. Oh, he's a monster on defense now. Yeah. And he's so long yeah. and just athletic. He plays so hard. He's, yeah. I heard Brian Scalabrini talk about that. They play, were playing in Toronto. Yeah. And mm-hmm. he said um, he just plays so much harder this year. I think the game just – he always used to play hard. I think it just kind of evened out, and he just he knows where he's supposed to be now, and he's really, really competing. Yeah. Do you think that the because you know we love the game and it's fun, and you prefer players play with joy? Do you feel like he's okay? It's a business. I understand now what it is. I know what my role is now on this team. I want to be good. This is what I have to do, right? And it's sort of like more professional, but he hasn't quite found the balance to. Have fun with it. It's like, I'm going to do this hard and do it well. He smi- I saw him smile yesterday. I had not seen him smile all season. He smiled yesterday. I don't remember what happened, but it, it was the old Scotty smile. It's a really charismatic smile. And he's a very charismatic person and wasn't carrying himself as much. Um, I think that with the best players in the league, they Michael Jordan's talked about this before. They know they can always get theirs. Like They know it. They know how to do it now. They know how to play the game. And I mean that. Uh, the way it's not just the cliche version. Yeah, they know how to play, but they know how to manipulate the game to make sure they get the numbers they need to get paid the way they need to get paid. Like that's mm-hmm. such a gift. <laughs> Most guys can't do that, right? And um, I think Scotty's figuring that out. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, and so it, 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 making threes helps a ton uh, because he isn't super quick. You know, he's quick, but not super quick with the ball. He's a tall guy, and so you, that weaponizes him in a way he wasn't weaponized before. 
and the change of coaching and the change of style that kind of gave him the team a little bit, which caused Siakam really struggle. But now the last six games, Siakam's been their best player. Yep. Scotty's been their second best player, which is good. Now they got two instead of one. And um, they both were very good yesterday. And I'll, I'll tell you an exchange that happened yesterday, which is uh, uh, important to recognize. Uh, they're, they're murdering the Pistons, who were super beat up. Kate Cunningham looked better yesterday. He's not had a good year. It's a long way to go for him still. He's not, I, don't think he's, I don't think he's athletic like he used to be. And he never mm. was a great athlete to begin with. The injuries have taken a toll. And just not playing. So they're, they're killing him. There's a, there's a hit-ahead pass to Siakam. who has got a pretty much an uncontested layup or dunk. And he gives it to Pirtle, who gets the finish and the end one. He didn't have to do that. But if you know Siakam's game, he always, like he's, you know, he's, I think, one of the five or six guys that have this long list of 27 points and five rebounds, or 10 rebounds, five assists, five steals, whatever, whatever it is. Some crazy stat. He's in there. But then just a few minutes later, same thing. Long pass to Scotty. I don't remember who threw it. Scotty has an uncontested labor dunk. Pascal's racing. He gives it to Pascal for the dunk. Mm. And, and it kind of hit me. Like, that's the first time I've seen it where, where Pascal's total unselfishness is starting to trickle down. Because that's how Scotty used to play. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had Corey Brewer, who's the world's fastest human on the court that you'll ever see at six foot nine, always threw the pass to the big guy. Because he was always at it everywhere. He's so fast. But if no one was back on defense, he didn't need the extra dunk. He was going to give it to a teammate, to the big guys. That's part of your – if you were raised right in basketball, that's in your DNA. Take care of the big men. It's harder for them to run, although in this yeah. day and age, they're also damn fast and agile. <laughs> but um, it's the right way to play. Dennis Schroeder ain't making that pass. Probably. Yeah. OG, yeah. probably not. Gary Trent, definitely not. G, G- League, no one. It's so disappointing. Not you know, 1% of the G League guys will make that pass. It's the right way to play. Yeah, basketball is jazz. If we all in, – in rock, we all can play super loud, and it sounds rock. In jazz, I've got to make sure I tone it down or not if you're going to take it up a notch and vice versa. And it's the way it's supposed to be. I think Scotty's kind of found out, okay, I can assert myself here, here, and here. I still could play the way I always like to play in these other places. And my balance overall would be good, especially if I bring it on defense. And that's where he and Mobley both really shine. We, we knew that about Mobley. Mm-hmm. Scotty was not the same defender for the first couple of years that Mobley was. That's coming. And now he's just, he's unbelievable. Blocking threes and yeah, he's a, He's a monster. No, he's, listen, they, they so have is OG, tools. by the way. They have tools over there in Toronto. Um, it's just a matter of what, you know. They're, I'll tell you, they're, they're, don't sleep on them. There's a few teams. They're one of them. They're just – watch out. We're going to talk about another one probably later maybe. You'll see. Yeah. yeah. No, no. They're, 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 they're very good. Um, you mentioned Jokic didn't beat at the, yeah. <laughs> at the top. I mean, what's there to say? I mean, Jokic has been otherworldly as, as well all season. I was in Brooklyn last night to see a little bit of Sixers, Nets, and, you know, it was a – Three o'clock sleepy afternoon game. You know, it's a weird time for NBA players. So, like, the first quarter, everybody's kind of like, oh, I just woke up from a nap, kind of cranky and weird. But, man, once that second half hit, I'm like, geez, Embiid. And just so skilled so and skilled. so big. Yeah. It is, listen, it's a treat, people, to watch these players. And, look, this Sixers team, and I want to be very clear about something. I am a James Harden fan here. And, uh, look, people can say whatever they want about his basketball game, like, this dude at his peak in Houston, that was some of the best offensive basketball in the history of the NBA. Your eyeballs tell you that, and all the data tells you that. Like, he was that good. But this team, David, oh, man, it looks like they're having so much fun. Really? Playing with it, playing with each other. Like, there's a joy to, to harp on that yeah. again. And all the role players, Melton, Covington, everyone is happy doing what they got to do. 
Maxi and Embiid playing their game. Listen, if, if Maxi's all NBA, shit, look out. Well, look out. Anyway, I mean, he's they're, they're very good. Uh, the test of all these teams is uh, the same test it really is for anything in life. Uh, it's easy to be someone's friend or partner when it's all puppy dogs and ice cream. Mm-hmm. Where are you when the hurricane hits? You know, I had, there's a college player that I helped, very, very, very good college player who really has not had a good start, probably because he got hurt before the season started. And he finished really terribly the other night. And his team ups, was upset in a shocking way. Very, very good college team. And I, he has an agent like all these college guys. College guys have agents now. I mean, NSA certified. There's nothing wrong with it. Mm-hmm. And I texted his agent. I said, make sure he hears from you tonight. If you want to be a good agent, uh, because it's easy to jump off the bandwagon when they're struggling. Yep. And I've obviously, I did my thing. Um, and uh, we'll see how Philly does yep. when the hurricane hits. Mm-hmm. We don't know. New, it's new, coming. New, the storm's coming. We know always, it. <laughs> always. And um, now Tyrese is talented enough and NBA talented enough to be able to probably find safe harbor against most teams, even during a hurricane. But but we'll see how the chemistry is and everything. Tobias has been, I thought, solid. I'm yes. not. Mm-hmm. I'm not looking at his metrics. I'm going to look right now. But um, but I've watched them play. I and I've yeah. watched a lot of cl- clips on Tobias mm-hmm. and been really happy with what I've seen from him for a guy that's well, I think playing for he's so no, long. He, He's no longer standing in the corner, David, just waiting, yeah. right? That's, yeah. that's what his role was yeah. before. Yeah. He's much more engaged. The mid-range game is really, really good. Um, I, I'm, I'm using him as a model for some younger players that I have Ooh. as to how to get to the second box and get off two feet and get solid jumpers up. Yeah, he's, he's very he's, good he at that. He needs to be solid. All he, needs to be, he needs to be – he doesn't have to be Chris Middleton. He, he could be a step below that and just be a solid uh, tertiary guy with Tyrese and Joel running the show. Um, the other thing that stood out to me, David, um, on the EPM top 15, you know, of course, all these young players and all this stuff, Yeah, LeBron. the old heads are still hooping LeBron, Steph, Katie, they're still doing their thing in this league. And, you know, um, it, it, this happens, you know, every generation it happens, the players go away, they retire and new ones come in and it's, you know, but the, you know, this, this crew, this crew has been very, very good. And we've been very lucky to to witness uh, the playing of, of these three. I mean, what LeBron's doing at 38, 39, however old he is, <laughs> um, is unbelievable. I worry because he has to do this against bad teams like Portland early in the season. Um, I worry what that means for later, but, I mean, it's it's just beautiful to watch to see what, what, what those guys are still able to do. And that's just a testament to their hard work and how much they love the game. I completely agree. Nothing to add. Exactly. All right. Uh, you did a top five players of 2021, uh, that draft class, I believe. Yeah. Um, and we talked about a little bit about Scotty and Kay a little bit, but let's talk about the rest of that crew. Like, where are all these players right now? We know where Scotty is. Um, as they head towards your, this is a big year for them, right? This year is extension three. year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is extension year. Suggs has been terrific on defense. The Magic, uh, we'll get to the Magic later. They've been terrific on defense. He's a big Very part good. of that. He really is. And um, uh, Mobley, very good progress from last year. I was worried about him beginning of the year. Yeah. I was like, oh, no, he's come around. He's done well. I didn't look at his EPM, but it's pretty good. Let me, I see, think. Let me see where he is. Yeah, <laughs> I think he's. I think he's doing well. Cade uh, uh, Cunningham, not as good. You know, Cade mm. just doesn't. I watched him a lot on film yeah. yesterday. Mobley, good. Yeah, Mobley's good. Cade, he's not finishing at the rim. He's not shooting well at all from any level. He looks slow. His release is below his chin. He's tall, but it's below his chin. 
I'm a little worried about Cade as a as a as a you know a rock star player, which everyone thought he was the consensus number yeah. one pick. Um, and Detroit's just so beat up and young. It's two uh, and bad. They're very bad. That's yeah. That's part of the problem though. Um, and uh, Jalen Green, eh, mm. still not turning that corner. Yeah, look no, at, no, nothing. Nothing exciting. I, I watched him. Yet. I've not looked at his EPM, but I would guess it's pretty average at best. He's just uh, not he's there. Still, he's still middling. Like he, well, middling. Middling would be nice if he was a net neutral. He still was last year. Minus one point three, fifty eighth percentile. Yeah, so still young. Uh, you know, the, you know, he's not made that leap like Scotty has, and, and Mobley to a lesser degree. Uh, but it's funny, you know, going into every draft, everyone's so caught up in these top five, and meanwhile, we're now into what, almost a month into the sec- third season, and you know, they've had moments here and there, but you know, it's not like they're he's other than Scotty, they're not setting the world on fire. Mobley's yeah, done no. really well. The thing about Cade that's no uh, disappointing is the right word. Remember this summer, David, he was on the select team, yeah, so not the team that actually yeah. went, and he was killling everybody. I was I like, heard. oh my God, Cade, we're so excited. And it just didn't translate. And often we like to look at those things as like a harbinger for what happens to you in this season. And it's just for whatever reason hasn't translated. Do you think, so you mentioned the injuries have sapped some of the athleticism, which already wasn't high to begin with. Um, is it a, is it a, a also a situation of so all that all those injuries and they, they weren't good to begin with so now worse players are on the floor with you so it's just making a bad that, game look way worse than that it is is true uh, I haven't studied their system I just watched the players but he's just not shooting well that's probably the biggest thing he's just not shooting well you have to be able to make shots and at any level he's not doing it at the rim mid range or the three. And um, so maybe he's got he can find his footing in one place and then build from there. Um, he just hasn't played a lot, so let's just yeah. let's give us some time. Yeah, no, it's listen, big, big year. You know, we're early in the season, still thirteen games. Let's let's give these guys a chance to uh, to see where they yeah. they end up. Uh, so you had a question in the doc, and the question is: Is Jamal Mosley the next great head coach? And I, I thought it was interesting because we'd always talked about Mosley and we kind of like what they were doing yeah. down there, but. It never quite really has come around yet, and it's still early, but Orlando, one of the better defenses in the NBA. Third, maybe. Yeah, which I'm like, Orlando? And they got talented players on offense. What's going on in Orlando, David? They were better last year than they were two years ago. They're just really guarding it. And do yourself a favor, anyone listening to this, go to NBA.com, go to the stats section for team stats, and just click traditional stats for the teams. And everything is hyperlinked. At least it is for me. I'm assuming it is for everybody. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you click on this steals. Orlando's like second in the league in steals. Yeah. And just mm-hmm. watch their swarming defense. It's awesome. Like the average almost 10 steals a game. And 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 most of those steals, not all of them, I didn't watch all of them anyway, but most of the ones I saw, maybe I saw 40 today, were not steals where one guy was just throwing a bad pass to another guy. It came from a sequence of events where – Orlando defended sequence one, two, three well. That led to the fourth action, and they stole the ball there or picked the guy's pocket. They, they, they're earned steals. They didn't just have one guy stripping a guy at half court. In fact, I don't right. think that happened one time that I watched. I did see a couple where they chased from behind and, and, and got a pick and roll and back tip. That's good. But most of them came from just really, really good aggressive defense on the whole, which, which allowed for the individual to make the play that he made. Uh, I'm going to go see them in person tomorrow night. I've not mm-hmm. watched an NBA game in person yet this year, so I'm going to go watch Orlando. It's, it's a, my wife. My wife will be with my daughter. I'm giving them a night alone. I'll just go. Hey, I'll be back that night, but um, I'm going to go watch them. They're really and they played Toronto, who used to play this way. 
Mm-hmm. They used to play this way. So, um, yeah, I was, uh, I was really impressed watching that film and seeing what they're doing. And uh, Jamal's story is really interesting. I've been someone – I'm not against anyone wanting to be a coach, uh, but I, I am a little biased against the, the teams that only hire the former NBA players to be coaches. Mm. Jamal Mosley played lower-level professional basketball. I'm not denigrating it. It wasn't the EuroLeague. It wasn't the NBA. And uh, he's, he's coaching because he's earned it as a coach. And he's coaching his ass off. And they, they drilled the Pacers last night in Indiana uh, uh, defensively. Or Indiana's a top offensive team. I don't know where they're rated right now. Have you looked? Indiana was two last time I looked. Offensive rating? Mm-hmm. Yeah. They were up there. Yeah. No, I, I know. And um, – yeah, they at their number seven now after last night's shellacking. Yeah, yep. mm-hmm. They were destroyed by Orlando defensively. And um, maybe Indiana's fault to some degree, but Orlando deserves credit because they keep doing it. So just keep an eye on Orlando and, and more importantly, Jamal Mosley, because um, as I said, it's coach's league. You, you get a guy that can really be special and push the right buttons. Like Jonathan Isaac is back. He's mm-hmm. just playing mm-hmm. some, but he's a wrecking ball on defense. Uh it's something to watch. They're fun to watch. Well, David, as you know, coaching isn't necessarily about your ability to do the thing you are coaching your, your player to do. Nope. Right? Nope. That's, that, that, is, that has nothing to do with it. Yep. it. It's do they trust you to teach them a skill and make them better at whatever it is their particular, and I'm just using a coaching at any sport, to make them better at what they do? If you can, that means you're a good coach, right? That's what coaching is. Do you have trust? Can you communicate? Can you inspire, right? Th- that's what that's about. doesn't matter if you play in the NBA or not. Do you know ball? It shouldn't, okay. it shouldn't matter. Right. You, you'll have – I've had this before where I've had players say, so-and-so didn't play in the game. He, how, could I, how would I ever listen to him? And I've said to them, well, good thing my players have never said that. Uh, either I can help you play better or I can't. And uh, if, if, if I'm doing the right thing and you're not open-minded, that's on you. But if you're open-minded and you fail, well, that's on me. And um, most players don't care. They just want to play better. If you can help them play better. So there are system and strategies in place, uh, the player developments in place, potentially, those kinds of things, and they play better, man, they'll do anything for you. Players do anything yeah. for you. Absolutely. And, you know, I- I've said this before on this show a million times. I'm not saying it because David's here. It's a factual statement. Any player that I speak to that David has worked with and I say, hey, how are you? Like, my buddy Coach Dork, their face lights up like a Christmas tree every single time. And that is a testament to what David's talking about. Like, they love this man because not only he helps them with their game, but, like, he cares about them as individuals and people. And that's so much a big part about what this it, is. It definitely is like it would be for any of us, right? Um, I, I've had mentors that only cared about me as a coach. I like the mentors better when I was a young man who cared about me. I remember one time. I was, uh, I've probably never told you this. I, I was lucky enough to be in the same gym for the 19 and under, maybe it was 17 and under national AU championship. I don't remember. It was in St. Pete. Penny Hardaway and Chris Weber were in the same tournament. Mm. They were both in my gym. I was in charge of like managing the gym because whoever was directing it for the States knew that I, I was a lifer for basketball. So I was, you know, I was 25 years old. And it was the, uh, it was the weekend before I got married. And Lon Kruger was there recruiting. He was at Florida then. And, um, uh, he had he had just started really, and he uh, he I had cut my finger on opening a can of tuna, and it was a pretty bad gash on my finger. And he said, first thing he said, he looked at, it, he said, "You'll be all right for your wedding." 
He knew I was getting married the next <laughs> week. And that meant a lot to me. He was recruiting my players pretty hard, so he got to know me. Mm-hmm. But um, I just it just taught me a lesson. And by the way, that's who he is. If you know Lon Kruger, in fact, my son plays his son's team today. Oh. His son, Kevin, head coach of UNLV, and they play today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're supposed to care about them. But in the Jamal Mosley's case, I don't know what it is. I'll find out. They have a coach on their staff that I've known for 30 years. I've just not asked him about it. Other than anybody took the job, he left Portland. His name is Dale Osborne. He said, Jamal called. I really think he's great. He's doing something. They're doing something because they're really defending with passion and purpose. They're really connected. They're swarming, swarming defensively. And they're long as hell. They, and I know that's Jeff Weldon, the president. He's, you know, he did the same thing in Milwaukee. Just late matters. Although Jalen Suggs isn't so long, and he's an important player for them at the point of attack. Um, they've got Wagner, not Franz, his yeah. brother. Yeah, playing oh, Mo. pretty well mm-hmm. in center, and he's not that long. They're they're doing something right. They're 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 teaching the game the right way. They're emphasizing the right things. They're getting guys to buy in, uh, and so we we're very excited at OKC when we have Paolo Bancaro, who's not mm-hmm. yet killing it. He's also in year two. Let's just let's be patient. But um, yeah, I'm excited. You know, I used to love when they were good because I could always go see the finals in, you know, in two hour drives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not going to do that in a long time. <laughs> Then, then it was Miami, which was a four and a half hour drive. Not bad. Oh, I don't want to get right. plane. I don't just get there, you know, quickly. But um, I like Orlando. They're they're on the right track. No, they're they're doing well. That that defense as you mentioned that's huge because listen, it's getting turnovers and steals. That's how they're getting points because yeah, offensively in the half court, yeah. not still, great. Still a challenge. Yeah, <laughs> still a challenge. Yeah. But uh, good stuff we're seeing uh, from the Orlando Magic. Um, I I saw this uh, clip from Fridays. Um. Utah Jazz, Phoenix Suns game. And it's something that you and I always talk about, David, which is you can make basketball entertaining and fun uh, and also informative at the same time. It's not hard. It really requires minimal effort by the the broadcast crew. And I was very happy that it was Ryan Rucco was the play-by-play guy, and it was um, RJ, Richard Jefferson, and JJ Redick. Now, it helps the three of them get along. There's chemistry already there. Of course, that makes it much easier. But Rucco... JJ had mentioned that the the Suns had run Spain pink and roll literally like five straight times. And Ryan just goes, well, JJ, a fan at home might be wondering, what is the difference between Spain pick and roll and regular pick and roll? And it, it sounded so much like Ruka was like, what is the difference? Between, like, like Almost like he was like, what is the difference? And JJ is very good at this. He's like, explained it so simply during a free throw shooting because who cares what's happening while they're shooting free throws? And it was just brilliant. I'm like, guys, you can do this all the time. It's so easy. I don't know why they hate basketball fans so much. I don't know why. <laughs> Our directors hate us because I, I, no one's watching more. I, I, I really believe no one's watching more games than me in the world. I, I'm not saying I'm number one. I might be right, close. Just, you watch a lot. I, I'm, I'm downloading 50, 60, 70 clips a morning. Very commonly. Um, and, uh, and I do have the audio on some, for some of them. And, and I do catch three, four, five games every night. Um, I, I don't know why we have to see the person sitting and talking when there's a game going on. Why, we, we can hear him. He's not doing anything but talking. Just show us the game. I don't need to have a side screen. I definitely don't want the full screen. And I wouldn't say it's once a game, but it's more than once a week where we miss a play. Because the director had the the camera on, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, he he put the telecast with the camera on the player or the person, right. the coach who right. was not playing. It just drives me crazy. Correct. And then to your point, on the announcer side, it's the same thing. I, I don't know why they do what they do. 
I, I was talking to someone the other day about my idea of a stand-up comedian being color commentator. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. I remember I talked to someone and pretty much, you know, connected to the NBA. I just remember who it was who told me a friend of theirs who's a stand-up comic. Didn't used to be, but he's now a stand-up comic. Who played like college basketball. Oh, like, they'd be fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. they'd be funny. Yeah. yeah. But the, the, the boring stuff, enough of that. We're trying to get it, people to fall in love with the game. Uh, uh, so I was very happy that Ruko and, and JJ and Rocky yeah. do that. And they they that trio tends to do that more yeah. than most. That's and it's good. interesting. I wonder, because they often do the late games on Friday nights, and I'm like, why don't you put them in the earlier slot? They probably would do better. But anyway, maybe it's a logistical thing. I don't know. Um, but I, I love that idea. I just think that you can teach the game. But it's it's an old school mentality, David, right? Like, we the way this game was sold for years was as – a TV show with individual stars. Yeah, right? yeah. We need to see what Michael Jordan's doing every yeah. second of the entire. All time. about the individual star, right? Because he is what matters. Star. Yeah, right. That that was the thing, and it's like, guys. First of all, as you know, the person they're interviewing, whether it's a coach or a player, they're not saying anything insightful anyway. In that, in that, in that clip, no. they're almost always saying nothing insightful. Right. So, as your point, audio, keep it on the game, and we can go from there. But anyway, kudos to Ruko and JJ and, and RJ yeah. for uh, for explaining Spain pick and roll. Uh, last thing before we go, uh, I saw something cute um, over the weekend. The Stanford women's basketball team uh, beat Duke in overtime, and Cameron Brink on Stanford had her career high, 29 points. Uh, she's a, a highly recruited player. She's actually friends with uh, Stephen Curry. Their families are, are oh, wow. friendly. Mm-hmm. And uh, she's a New Balance athlete. She's in a bunch of commercials and stuff. And so she scores her career high. She's coming off the court, so she's down into the tunnel of the arena, right, heading back towards her locker room. There's like a little procession line of assistant coaches and managers like, good job, Cameron, like high five at her. And you could tell, like, I mean, I, I can only imagine the feeling you have when you've just scored your career high in OT and we won. You're on top of the world. She heads into the locker room expecting to continue more celebrating All her teammates are sitting down and she's like, what, what, what the fuck's happening? And they stop and they're like, no, we're just getting it. They all throw water on her and everybody gets super excited. It was like, I always joke about nobody cares about this cheesy stuff. But you do. It's it's good stuff. It's this, really this good game stuff. is so hard at every level to be a college player, to be a pro player. You have to work so hard and study so much film and whatever, and take care of your body. And um, if if you do it and don't get joy from it, it's really not a great life. Yeah, I I am happy to say that in, in most sports that I'm involved with or have watched, uh, boys can celebrate as well as girls can. Um, I like that. It's not feminine or masculine to celebrate no. good thing. And uh, have fun. I used yeah, as a high school basketball coach, I've seen my share of girls volleyball practices because early in the season, like yep. September, October, they practice before you. Yeah, you yeah. Have to wait for mm-hmm. your turn, yep. and uh, they celebrate after every point, or they huddle if, mm-hmm. if it's a if it's a bad play. They still huddle. I like that. Yeah, we're yeah. supposed to be connecting. It's a team sport. Yes. No. It, yeah. it was a wonderful scene. Uh, very cool for our teammates having a good time with her. Yeah, guys, this is supposed to be fun. That's why we do this. Yeah. All right, folks, as I mentioned, we'll be back with another episode before the holiday. Uh, if you want to get those uh, Ask Coach Thorpe questions in, again, that is TrueHoop, T-R-U-E-H-O-O-P, at TrueHoop.com. And uh, we'll get inside Coach Thorpe's big basketball brain. Until next time, everybody, take care. <laughs>